Hello there. Welcome to Lunchtime Live. I'm Eileen Campbell-Reed, and I'm your host for Three Minute Ministry Mentor. And I'm so thrilled today uh, to have with me uh, my friend and our guest for today, Aaron Robinson Hall. Hey, Aaron, how you doing? Hey, it's good to be here. Yeah, this year, uh, season four. Can you believe it's season four of Three Minute nope. Ministry Mentor? No, but here we are, season four. Uh, we are doing some lunchtime live uh, broadcasts each week. Not every week, but many, many of the weeks. And uh, I, I, sometimes I'll be on by myself and sometimes I'll have guests. We're lining up guests now, which is really exciting. And uh, I want to introduce you all to Aaron today. Um, Aaron is a uh, the Director of Media and Engagement for 3-Minute Ministry Mentor. We are thrilled to have her. She is uh, many of the brains of this operation, and uh, we really couldn't do it without her. She is also a writer and a podcaster. Uh, she's um, a parent to four amazing children. We're going to hear more about them today. And uh, she's married to Jake, who's also a minister. Aaron is a minister and a doctor of education. So she has much to teach. Erin, uh, we're just thrilled that you're with us today to talk. Well, thank you. It's always good to hop on and have lunch with you and all of our friends here. And I am really excited about the guests that are going to be coming up this spring. Um, I think it's going to be some really good conversations. Absolutely. Well, today we are going to be talking about uh, giving ourselves permission to laugh. <laughs> because uh, we need it. We desperately need to laugh. I mean, my gosh, um, I I was having a pretty rough, it's been a pretty rough couple of weeks, just January cold, not being able to get outside as much and all the all stuff. My husband is out of town this week, so I've been doing all the parenting with, you know, just me this week. And um, last night I was preparing for this and I just you know what we all do, hopped onto Facebook for a minute to see what was happening, looked something up, forgot what I was doing, because <laughs> here comes all these stories. And one of our one of our friends uh, had posted those great uh, darn you autocorrect, like little images <laughs> of what, when you text each other and they misspell things and then they say bad words and they say funny words and they say things you never meant to say to your mom. <laughs> So I was just like, I literally, I only start reading a couple of them and I start laughing so hard. I, I was crying. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. I was crying. I mean, and it was really good. I, it's like I could feel the, the, the lift of the weight just by yes. laughing that hard. What's Your got body you needed that. <laughs> I did. I did. I did. What's got you giggling and laughing this week, Erin? Oh, everything. Um, <laughs> you know, as you mentioned, we have four little kids, four young children. And I happen to be married to, he thinks he's a comedian. Um, he keeps us laughing all the time, my husband, Jake. And so there's always something to laugh at. Um the latest, of course, you know, the kids are all, they're just goofy. We, we are full of personality around here. Um, their latest thing is my youngest two little boys like to make everything into a mustache, like green beans, mustache. Um, their pajamas, look, I have a mustache. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, everything turns into a mustache and it's, 
hilarious if we let it be hilarious you know sometimes when I'm trying to go and move this train along that's when they want to be silly but and do they do the, do they do the little joke with it I must ask you a question <laughs> they're not there yet but <laughs> they think they're so funny and then uh, um, if you were at my house you would see that almost every bedroom ceiling has a rubber chicken stuck to it. Oh, nice. <laughs> if you, and I'm just used to it, but when people who haven't been over for a while come over and they're like, what is that thing stuck to your ceiling? It's, you know, birthday parties and the little goodie bags and they give yeah. out these little squishy, fun little things yeah. for kids. Okay. Well, one child, I don't know who it was, threw it up and realized it stuck to the ceiling. Nice. Anytime they get something that has that stickiness, it you fling it up. But the thing is, we have really high ceilings. You can't <laughs> get it down with a ladder. I can't pull at it, and we just forget it's there. So we have rubber chickens and rubber worms, and one is a tiny hand. Stuck <laughs> <laughs> um, to your ceiling. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> So that, well, that's how we roll. We are in. We are laughing today. Just talking with you. I mean, every week when we check in, there's some laughter, and that's a part of the joy of our friendship. And I'm grateful for that. And I think it would be good if we spent a few minutes talking with uh, those who are with us listening um, about the benefits of laughter and why it's so good for me to laugh till I had tears coming down my face last night, and you to laugh with your children and have all the both the comical things they do and the things they say, just what, what are some of the benefits of all that? We've got an article we want to share with everybody. Yeah. And um, it's, it's healthy to laugh. I'm glad you're sharing the article here um, that can explain a little bit more about the healing that happens in your body through humor. And when your body releases in laughter, um, but there are actual things, it releases chemicals in your brain that help you manage stress. And um, the article will go into all the scientific details a little bit better than I am, but it's a way to open up yourself. Um, and it, it kind of tells your brain it's okay to handle your circumstances in a different way. Um, and I have just been fascinated learning about how humor and laughter actually can change um, what's happening in your brain. Um, we had a really interesting experience that I'll tell more about, I think, next week. Um, but one of our children is doing play therapy, and I can't say enough about um, how play therapy has helped us. Yeah. And three of our children came home to us through foster care. So we've done a lot of learning how to um, parent children who've experienced trauma. Wow. And that can be so heavy. Um, and lots of things. And you're always analyzing and am I doing this right? And what's the best way to right, approach right. this? And sometimes walking on eggshells, but mostly just trying to get it right. And the play therapist was teaching us some different strategies. And she had um, the child and me lay on our backs on the hard floor. And she said, laugh. And we we're like, what? <laughs> For a child, it was really easy. Pretend to laugh. But it's funny if you try that, how you get the giggles and it keeps going and going. And um, and she explained how just pretending to laugh yep. and um, be a calming strategy. So we all got cracked up about that one. 
<laughs> just laying in the floor and laughing. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think there's an experiment that uh, I can't remember. I don't have a pen right here handy, but there's this experiment about uh, if you put a pencil in your mouth, you know, just uh, then you have to, you're basically engaging your smile muscles in your mouth yeah. and you, you can't hardly help but smile and eventually laugh and lift your whole mood by, by doing that. That's not part of this article we're sharing, but <laughs> I, I, somebody told me about that years ago. I'm like, right. If you stick something in your mouth like that, you about have to smile. And then it actually changes the way you're feeling about what's happening around you. Right. Uh, really amazing. Well, you know, why is it we have to give ourselves permission to laugh at this moment in time? Well, because I figured it out. Like I've, I kept track of the days for a while and then I quit. But I went and measured them out last night with a calendar. 689 days since we did the first lockdown at our house. That's a lot of days. Since and March 2020. That is March 2020. That's right. For us, it was March the 11th. We were we were a little bit ahead and behind other people. But at our house, it was March the 11th. I kind of marked it down. And um, wow. So I'm, you know, thinking about how much life has changed in this amount of time. How many different things have uh, have really are no longer as they were. And I wonder, Aaron, if you would tell us some of the, the big changes that you've lived through. Uh, with your family or yourself uh, in this 689 days. Yeah, a million days. I mean, <laughs> when, we, when we talk in my family about pre-pandemic, you know, or back in 2019, even the kids know that was, it feels like a lifetime ago in some ways. And in a lot of ways, our days were pretty monotonous. It felt like there was not a lot of change because we were virtual schooling four kids and two grown-ups with jobs here in the same house. And a lot of it felt same old, same old. But then at the same time, our family experienced a lot of change. And <clears throat> excuse me, we had to process um, dealing with ministry stress and um, church stress and those kinds of things and what it's like to parent children with trauma and then my husband actually took a new job and um, processing that change and leaving our previous church community. Um, it's been a lot of change for the children, for myself, for my husband. And so um, we just had to have some new approaches to how to deal with that grief. Yeah. It has been a lot of grief. Uh, it's been um, a lot of, uh, stress and strain on our bodies. I mean, boy, I feel it in my body. I talked about that last week. It's been a lot of stress and strain on our relationships and our communities. Uh, and for me, one of the the sort of intangible, but when I stop to think about it, really hard things is the, the sense of loss of rituals and connections in person doing those rituals. And, um, those losses, uh, you know, are, are also tied up with the times and the places where I got together with people and we ate and we talked and we laughed yeah. and we haven't had those same opportunities. Sure, we can laugh in this environment where we're virtually together. We can laugh when we're on Zoom calls and whatever. But there's something about being in the presence of someone's laughter, you know, that's is, is powerful and it's um uh, healing. And it's hard. I miss it. I miss, you know, being with people as they just uh, 
as the article says, uh, for a few minutes, we can forget about our troubles and help our body heal when we laugh. Uh, so we can still do that and we will. And we're, we're saying right now, we should give ourselves permission to laugh. That's and we should say more. <laughs> How do we do that? How do we give ourselves? Well, um, when we're talking about giving ourselves permission, you know, it is a disarming thing that happens when we laugh. And there's a reason that before a preacher or a speaker drives home a point, often they will start with humor. There's a reason for that because it does open you up. Um, we have a dear minister friend, Scott Dickinson, who said it like this, um, that laughter is the closest thing to tears. And I think that's just so powerful to think about it that way, about the way that laughter opens you up. Um, so when we're talking about giving ourselves permission, here's why. <laughs> here's the um, permission project that Eileen and I have been dreaming of and, and offering to everyone now. Um, about a year ago, we were talking about all the things we had to do in this 680, what was it, 689? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the stress was starting to weigh heavily. And I said, you know, all the good things we know to do, right? We know to rest. We know to read. We know to take time for yourself. We know to go outside. All those things. But it felt like we did not have permission to do that because of so many things we had to hold on and get done. And I told Eileen, I wish I just had a permission slip yeah. that said, go ahead. And so we dreamed up a permission slip. <laughs> That's right. We, did. Um, we, we know that no one has to give you permission to do that. Yeah. But sometimes it helps to remember that you have all the permission you need. I love it. I mean, it's amazing how many times a day it really helps me to just give myself permission to do the thing, the little thing that I need to do in order to have the, to, to heal a little bit, to rest a little bit, to renew myself enough that I can do the big things that I'm called to do. Uh, and so I'm really grateful that you dreamed up this idea of having permission slips. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm, I'm grateful that um, we're, we're finding ways now this to share through three minute ministry mentor with all of our friends that they can give permission to themselves and they can give permission to each other. And um, these can be great. These little cards we've created, they're not very little, they're actually pretty big, uh, are great to stick up on a refrigerator or a wall or send. They have a beautiful back that you can just write the lovely note on and send to a friend. Um, I've been doing that. I've been sending some of them out um, as encouragement and as a, a way of saying, look, this is hard. Everything we've been through, everything we've lost all the ongoing crises that we're living through. I mean, speaking of that, I, I was, you know, yesterday before I, I got to a point where I could laugh, uh, I had spent a couple of hours being really distressed over the fact that a person was killed very publicly in Nashville yesterday by the police. I mean, on an interstate with cars stopped everywhere and more than a dozen guns pointed at this man and he was apparently not armed and they killed him. That is extraordinarily stressful, not just to the people who were right there. And of course, the man who lost his life and whatever family and friends, it's devastating. And the pandemic has revealed many devastations. 
it's revealed many uh, moments that were not new. They're not new, but they became more clear in this time when we all had to pull back a little bit from just rushing through life. Um, And we've seen how racism and other kinds of violence are just an everyday part of life uh, in this country. And so it might seem trite or sort of small to say, give yourself permission to laugh. But the fact is, if we don't have a, a source of, of laughter and joy in our lives, then we don't have anything left to give right. to, to work on these bigger, more dramatic and life, life hanging in the balance kind of parts of what we're living through right now. So right. we have to give ourselves permission to do these small things if we're going to do the big things. I love that you're naming the hard things, the big things that we really do need to pay attention to. And uh, one of the cards, I don't think you have it there, is permission to cry. Yeah, And no one needs permission to cry, but sometimes just to name that that might be the emotion that's present. Um, yeah, that it's overwhelming sometimes. Um I, I like the idea of a permission slip because it's that visual reminder. You know, I with all the kids we have here in the house, we, they do field trips again. And I was signing a permission slip just this morning. <laughs> um, and it's so in some ways ridiculous. I mean, obviously, the little one has permission to go with his class to see the airplanes at the airport. <laughs> I'm not going to hold him back for that. But I had to um, be intentional about it and name that, yes, he can get on the bus and do this thing. And so I think that's what this set is hoping to do is name that, yeah, you're allowed to do all these things you might need. And a couple of friends have used them to put them on their fridge or on their computer or on their desk, anywhere where you get caught up sometimes and forget that you can take a break. Um, <laughs> That's right. But then I know someone else who has bought a set and just drops it in the mail when um, she knows another pastor friend who is really struggling. Um, so sometimes it's good to get a permission slip to say, do what you have to do so you can do those hard, the hard work of justice. Well, we've also been trying to give ourselves permission to do a couple of things around here that we, we love uh, so that we, build a culture of really attending to our needs for self-care. One of those is to listen to podcasts. And we want to bring this up again this week. We're, we're really interested in, in maybe what podcasts people are listening to. Uh, we want to know about uh, whether you're finding a funny podcast that is really helping you get through um, this time, like helping you laugh or helping you to uh, deal with your work or helping you to uh, really just focus in on something so much and give it your total attention that for a minute you get kind of a break from your everyday life. Uh, Maybe you're, you found a podcast that's helping you navigate your grief, Uh, whatever it is. um, We would love to hear from you uh, about what podcasts you're finding helpful and useful to you. So we can amplify that and, and share the good ones with the whole three minute ministry mentor community. I think we've converted you to like podcasts now, Eileen. (laughs) I'm working on it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this whole thing, you know, started with a kind of uh, podcast. I mean, every week we were sharing not just a written blog, but also um, a video. I was creating three minute videos every week. 
and those became the uh, those became this book. Those those uh, video those podcasts and videos and blogs became Three Minute Ministry Mentor, a very fat fifty chapter book. <laughs> That's right. Um, but I love that it is broken into 50 um, small parts that you can right. even search for a theme that maybe you're struggling with or working through in your ministry context. Um, it's easy to flip through. And for example, brick walls is one that I think a lot of pastors and ministers have experienced. Um, what is the story here? And so there's a video and podcast and story uh, for each one of those in the book. That's right. And it, it's uh, it's the book, but it's also, along with the 50 chapters, it's also uh, available as a journal, uh, not, the, not just a blank journal, but we took all the questions that are throughout the book and we condensed the questions into the journal itself with a lot of lovely blank space where you can write your answers. And if you'd rather type them, you can get an e-journal. So a lot of choices. Um, I was thinking about what fit with our permission to laugh, and I decided I wanted to read a little bit to you from the book, from chapter 50. And chapter 50 is called Embracing Joy. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the one of the things that um, the book, uh, that chapter actually starts with this quote from Howard Thurman. Don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive. And then go and do that because what the world needs are people who are alive. And I just think that is such a beautiful quote and and leads us to joy in a whole different way. Let me read a little bit from this chapter for you. Um, In a world that is dying and death dealing, floundering in crisis and despair, we need people, as spiritual theologian Howard Thurman puts it, who are alive. And people who are alive find joy in what they are doing. Joyful doing and joyful being mean participating in change and justice making, hope and healing bringing new and renewed life to the people and places where we serve. Without sinking a taproot into the joys of life and the deeper sources of joy, of joyful living, we will quickly grow weary of ministry and lose hope in life itself. Uh, My friend Mary Moschella puts it this way, as I understand it, joy comes down to this to being awake and deeply alive, aware of the love and grace of God and of the gift of life both in and around us. Joy, she says, in pastoral ministry is the same thing, but magnified by the blessing of a high and holy calling that challenges one to step outside of oneself into relationships of care and communion. Care and communion, so beautiful. The themes and practices that I have found that characterize joy in the setting. In these settings, I have studied include presence. This is still Mary speaking. Merit presence, attentiveness, gratitude, release, hope, creativity, liberation, and love. And I end the chapter and the book this way: Go out in hope, live in joy, 
and work with the spirit to renew and revive the world using all your best pastoral imagination to bring the practice of ministry to life. That's and that's what, what we're trying for. That's what we're working for here every week, three minute ministry mentor, helping you to cultivate the gifts that you have and put them to work in the world. But to do those big things, you really need to be able to also do the small things like laugh and cry and go outside and read a book. Uh, and we want you to feel like you have permission to do those things. Well, let's give ourselves permission. Let's do it. Friends, we are so grateful that you could join us today. Uh, we're going to be continuing to do Friday lunchtime live events this year. And uh, just watch for a notification on Facebook. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook and that will get you at even uh, more than one notification about Friday events. These videos will also be shared in our email on Mondays. So if you're not currently subscribed to the email on Mondays, we hope you will do that. Uh, so you can get all kinds of extra good stuff uh, in the Monday email. And we want you to know that you indeed have permission. Not just we, not just you. God gives us an invitation. God gives us an invitation to laugh, to be ourselves, to be imperfect, as Angela Parker said in our episode this past week, uh, to really be who we are in the world. And that sometimes is a, a holy mess, but that's who we are. And so we're going to be who we are together, and we're grateful to be with you. So thanks for joining us this week. Thank you, Erin, for being in the conversation with me this week. Thank you. Thanks for reminding us that we have permission to do all the things we need. Blessings, friends.